Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of this podcast about the future of the office. Today's episode will be about the new office preferences, and my guest today is Tim Oldman. He's the founder and CEO of Leaseman. That's the company behind the Leaseman Index. It's a popular workplace intelligent tool. Hi, Tim. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for inviting me here. Yeah, thanks for joining me. So obviously, you have a, a really great view of the kind of changing uh, worker preferences when it comes to the office with your uh, you know, surveys and indexes. So you know, talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing about you know, you know, the trillion dollar question. What, what employees really want from the office right now? Yeah, really cool question. I think, you know, that uh, in many ways, it's an incredibly complicated time, a very uh, sort of uncertain period, I think, for that understanding that relationship between people and business place. Um, but I think if you if you do synthesize it right down to that question you threw there, the, you know, what, what is it the employee wants? It actually is really simple. All they want is a space that supports what they do. Fundamentally, I think that's what real estate has lost sight of over the last maybe 10 or 15 years. I think we've been chasing the wrong objectives in terms of outcomes for corporate space. So this is what this is what the tension or why the tension exists now between uh, you know return to office and corporate mandates is because employees have carved out space at home that perfectly supports what they do, and um, and and that ultimately is you know is what what they're expected to 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 uh, focus on as an employee is delivering the best version of themselves in their role. But unfortunately, it's the the truth is the average home supports the average employee better than the average office. So that's what they want is a space that really understands their needs and brilliantly supports them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of doom and gloom out there about the office, but uh, we certainly hear um, you know positive reports of leasing for you know really high quality office, and you know that term kind of flight to quality has been thrown around you know for so many years. But you know, talk to me about what what that what that means right now. What is quality to today's worker? Yeah, I, again, you know, I think what we're looking at here is is something pretty simple, which is the, the 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 sort of awareness that corporations now have of the impact of place um, on the employee's willingness to return to office. So, I, I I don't think there's any corporate body that we're around who really wants to get into corporate mandates. I know there's some you know the splash in the Wall Street Journal today about Google's move in. Um, you know, trying to trying to sort of you know encourage with a little bit of a sort of you know, stronger guidance in terms of what it expects. Um, you know, you go through the financial services, and some of those mandates get a little bit stronger. Um, but I think you know the informed organisations have realised that the higher the quality of the environment that you invite an employee back to, the greater the likelihood that there is the employee comes out of their own willingness. So it's this sort of you know the idea of magnetise, not mandate. Um, what what that means in terms of the real estate varies, of course, you know, by market and by sector and um, and, and and even by sort of you know job grade within those uh, within those organisations. But fundamentally, I think it means you know great buildings with great amenities, positioned in great uh, you know precinct locations, and and the the more that it is focused on the employee and and their role in the organisation. The, the higher the chance is that that employee is going to you know, willingly set their alarm clock for a 6 a.m. departure to get into the office rather than set their alarm clock for an 8 a.m. to be at their desk downstairs in their, in their spare, you know, in their converted garage for 8.30 a.m. So that, that's what I think we're seeing in terms of that flight to quality. It's a higher quality amenity, higher quality building envelope, um, you know, higher quality geography, precinct location, amenities at, at, uh, at the, the ground and street level. And then, per the previous question, interior environments that are designed around the employee's needs. No point in taking a great building in a great location if actually what you do then is uh, 
mess it up in terms of not thinking about what the employee needs when they return there from a you know, daily minute by minute, hour by hour work perspective. Yeah. And your, your point about, you know, the great location sticks with me because I, I, I remember when, you know, the pandemic first happened and everybody was kind of pontificating on the future of the office. There was a lot of people that really thought that, you know, like, well, offices now will, will move out to the suburbs, right? They're going to move close to the people because that, that reduces their commute. And I don't know if we've seen that yet, right? I think that a lot of the offices that are doing well um, are, are in kind of urban cores, are in good, good places to be. Not that, you know, suburbs aren't, but, you know, they're, they're not just as entertaining or as, or as fun. Now, what are you seeing as far as what people want uh, for where the office is, right? Is it, is it more important for them to, to reduce the commute as much as possible? If they're only going a couple of days, are they okay with going uh, into a city center? I think, I think it's the tail end of that question you posed there, which is the really interesting fact that, you know, that, that if it is a two day a week attendance, um, then the, the tolerance for the length and the cost of that commute you know, directly uh, increases. And, and and we've seen that. Well, I've even seen it in my own organization. You know, I have team members who were previously living 30 minutes from the center of London where we're headquartered, uh, you know, and some of them are now living three and a half hours away on a commute. And, and they assume that that sort of every week or every other week for three days, perhaps, you know, with a two-night overstay that they will pay for themselves in the city center is part of the new way of rolling. And what it gives them outside of those two or three days in office is a, higher quality time with their families in, in locations with you know, greater affordability, more space, um, and, a, and a, an entirely different lifestyle. I, I, don't, I don't see any problem with that. If we can, if we can balance as organizational leaders the, um, you know, the improvement on our employees' um, uh, you know, lifestyles that they can uh, sustain away from work, then you know, I, I would like to think that we, we breed up a, a, a new generation of uh, you know, greater loyalty and and a greater sense of sort of, um, we're calling it purposeful presence, that idea that employees become much more purposeful about when they're present in the corporate workplace and, and when they're present with each other. So that idea of sort of social and community and uh, um, you know, joint endeavor, the idea that people come together around a common purpose, uh, they'll just have to do that more intentionally and, and with a little bit sort of more programmatically around their movements and the movements of others. I think, I think um, you know, cities have got a challenge in what that might mean for them, because I think there's an inevitability that that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday pattern that we're seeing, we saw emerge very quickly in the in the return to office, you know, a little way into the pandemic when things eased a little and people started coming back. I, I think that's probably here to stay. And I think that's a difficult one for organizations to plan around. But it might well be here that cities and governments and, uh, you know, city mayors have to start getting involved in in trying to encourage through other methods the uh, you know the attractiveness of a Monday and a Friday. Maybe maybe you know fares are reduced on public transport on those days. Maybe parking is reduced. Maybe tolls are reduced on the Monday and Friday. So there's a little bit more encouragement to sort of spread the load across the working week and help those real estate directors and CEOs and CFOs above them not have to get into load balancing how employees use their space across the working week. Yeah, what's fascinating to me too is that. You know, before the office conversation, it was was really just about a place to work, right? And now I think, you know, it, it's become a bit of a soul searching for corporations, right? Because it is all so together, right? How many days you're coming back, if you're mandating or not, uh, plays into what kind of office workers want. So I, I know you guys do your survey for corporations that are kind of, you know, trying to understand their their workplace. Do, do you see this, uh, you know, your results and the things that uh, you are 
you know, showing these corporations kind of going a little higher up, get, getting out more into the HR side of things instead of just being a pure kind of, you know, real estate decision. Oh yeah, totally. I think, I think that's the one thing probably that the pandemic has, has, has done to the, that our customer base certainly and, and, and the real estate industry is, is forced HR together with the property in a way that many talked a lot about historically before the pandemic. Maybe, you know, many of them were leaning towards it, but I, I don't think any of them really had that as an integral relationship. Whereas now, if you think about the sort of, you know, the contractual term, there are many organizations that we work with where employees are having to self-select themselves into a persona that contractually binds them to a particular way of using their office. Uh, you know, i.e. sort of, you know, remote leaning, office leaning, or true hybrid in the middle. Um, so HR are having to work in partnership with real estate and vice versa in a way that they've, they've never done before. I think it's also rejuvenated the relationship between the technology teams in those organizations as well. We mustn't forget that. The technology is now even more integral to the successful day at work than perhaps it even was before, partly because, you know, for the for the three or four years or so that um, you know, people have been thinking about uh, remote working, the, um, the, the, the the acceleration of technologies, you know, we're, we're seeing an inflection point in the data that means that somewhere later this year, we can't quite pin a projection on it yet, the video com video communication will become more prevalent than telephony. And so, you know, the, the video first communication style that we're all adopting is easy at home when we're, you know, we're maybe sharing the bandwidth with one other house participant or maybe a, a teenager gaming in a room adjacent to us. But when you're in the office and you're trying to sort of, uh, you know, walk between, um, uh, you know, uh, different spaces, um, you know, you're sat at your open plan desk and you receive a video calling or huddle off and go and find a, a private space quickly. Um, offices technologically are struggling with those types of procedures. So I think that that's where tech have also got to come back to the table and think about how we're collaborating technologically, but also how we're, how we're moving through space physically. Mm -hmm. I know a big, uh, you know, push in the corporate world right now is, uh, you know, to, to, to create kind of more sustainable environments. A lot of big corporations have, uh, you know, kind of made a lot of big, you know, decarbonization promises. So where does that play in, right? As, as important as, you know, the productivity and the creativity and all of, uh, you know, the culture that the office can create, how is, uh, uh, office's ability to help a company be more sustainable but factoring into the, to their idea of, of what is the right office for them? This is a, this is a really tricky one, I think, for, for corporate real estate leaders around the world to, to, um, get their heads around at the moment, um. You know, the, the, the net zero obligations that many of our clients are chasing, um, you know, deliver deliver probably two or three particular outcomes uh, around this. Well, the, the first is that um, those higher quality buildings that have been designed with their carbon impact in mind, first and foremost, are increasingly more attractive to the corporations that are um, seriously uh, take, or, or, or taking their obligations towards net zero very, very seriously. So I think you're going to see a um, not only a flight to quality in terms of what tenants want, they're going to look at higher quality buildings and rush there. I think you're also going to see developers and the funding mechanisms behind them accepting that some of the increased cost of developing the highest quality buildings are now going to become the norm. You know, they're going to become, those buildings are more attractive, they are more letable, they are more um, sustainable uh, financially, not just environmentally. So I think I think we're going to see a lifting of the sort of the uh, average quality of building stock. And that's a good thing, right? I mean, and, and I know that that's a challenge in that it leaves a whole load of grade B stock 
with nobody really you know, scratching their heads, nobody really knowing what it what it's going to do. But I think the the rush to that quality is, uh, is 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 a pretty awesome thing that's happening in the market. I think at an employee level, I think the employees also uh, increasingly becoming aware of um, who they work for and the decisions that that organisation they work for have made in relation to the properties that they choose. Um, and I, and I suspect you know most individuals um, are are you know that their increased awareness of environmental um, issues, their own personal uh, carbon impact um, is going to be being pushed on us more and more uh, over the next sort of decade. And I think we will look at our employer and the um, the, the built environment that they choose uh, to house us as employees with increased cynicism if those choices weren't made well. So I, I think it's a good time for the design of great environmental buildings. So developers like Edge over in the Netherlands who are doing some of the most stunning things in terms of pushing the technologies forward and the quality of the builds envelope forward are going to become the normal, I think. Well, great. This has uh, been really insightful. I know there are still so many questions surrounding the future of the office, but I feel like uh, I have a little bit of a better view of uh, what some of those answers might be. So, uh, Tim, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate the invitation. Thanks so much, Franco. Mm, take care. This podcast series is brought to you by Foresight by Court. The workplace has changed dramatically. Optimize your office space with Foresight by Court's affordable workplace utilization technology and flexible furniture solutions. Learn how to be permanently flexible at foresightbycourt.com. That's the number four, S-I-T-E-B-Y-C-O-R-T.com.